0: Haley, Catherine, do you know how we got our podcast started so fast? How? We use the Anchor app. What's the Anchor app? Well, it's a really cool app. It's completely free and it'll distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Wow, it literally does all the work for you pretty much. Basically. Yeah, and you can make money on your podcast. It's free. It's completely free. Anything you need to make your podcast will be all on Anchor.
1: Wow, they're more dependable than
0: anyone in my life so i mean (laughs) you said it (laughs) um so if you guys are interested in starting a podcast download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started that's a-n-c-h-o-r.fm to get started thanks hey what's up you guys hey what's up you guys <laughs> um this is Catherine and uh, Haley. Uh, i'm the counterpart Haley, <laughs> yes that's me, that is we, me. we are s- the saturdays are for the ghouls podcast and we are here with a lovely friend would you like to inter- introduce yourself
2: hi my name is adair and i am the host of what's wrong with them a true crime diagnostic podcast
1: Ooh,
0: Ooh. <laughs> i love
1: your name
2: thank you <laughs>
0: Today we're gonna go over the Stark Weather and Fugate case um, versus Natural Born Killers, which is very, very loosely based Fugate. on this <laughs> the, the true crime. Very um, yeah.
1: yeah. I am the only one apparently blind to this because I don't know
0: anything about this case. I just know the movie. Yeah. So you like just going blind on that one. <laughs> um so I'll start out with the true crime and then Haley will bring you the
2: um
0: the movie. The movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the movie. Uh, so in, uh, we'll just get right into it. Dive <laughs> yeah, right in, <laughs> Um, In the 1940s, Charles Starkweather was born into a well-respected family in the working class in Lincoln, Nebraska. He was born with genuvarium, which causes legs to be misshapen, and he also had a speech impediment, which meant he was relatively bullied during his early years. He also had severe myopia, which I'm assuming just meant he was nearsighted.
2: Um, he had some sight issues and was bow-legged
0: yeah and he found that
2: his best subject was
0: gym class so he was he was great at being physical or he got very physically fit so he could bully his bullies Um, and he became a a bully himself which really tells a story of how bullies are created am I right am I right he he right. (laughs) he went from being really well behaved to being a pretty troubled child um, with a lot of self-loathing and and he was yeah. <laughs> he was really fixated on the James Dean lifestyle. So, fast. you know, fast cars, fast women, um, fast women, fast women. Yeah.
1: Oh, fat, he did race cars. No, nope. fast. Was, with a V.
0: With F.
2: Oh, fast women. Yeah. AKA a <laughs> slut, but we are taking that word back.
0: Yes. He uh, he raced cars.
2: He did race cars. Yeah, that was uh, one of his like spare time deals. Was that he enjoyed illegally racing cars?
0: That makes vroom, a lot of sense. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> in 1956, 18-year-old Charles met Carol Ann Fugate, 13 years old. Oof. Um, yeah. And he dropped out of his senior year um, to work at the newspaper warehouse because it was close to carol's school and so she visit he visited her every day
2: and that's carol's nice. sister was the one that introduced them because she was dating starkweather's best friend bob and bob said that carol was 13 but looked older for her age yikes this is concerning. <laughs> that's, yikes
0: that's yeah. that is very concerning yeah predator we- status right there <laughs> seriously grooming um Definitely. Grooming, yeah. yes. He taught Carol how to drive, um, and when she, when they were teaching, when he was teaching her how to drive, uh, they got in a car accident in his father's car, and this caused a really big rift between him and his dad, and he got kicked out of his house, and so he he quit his job at the warehouse, and began a job as a garbage collector. Sorry, he began to have a very nihilistic approach to life, which was like. I don't know how to describe what a nihilistic approach to
2: life is. It's well, like a, his personal philosophy. Yeah, his personal philosophy was quote, dead people are all on the same level. Yeah, I read that. That's yeah. nihilism.
0: Yeah, and so he used this route, and he began to plot for like a bank robbery. And in November 30th of 57, he was trying to purchase a stuffed animal for Carol at a gas station. And his credit card was declined. 3 a.m. he came back on the 1st, which was just uh, the next day. First time he came back, he bought a pack of cigarettes. The second time he came back, he bought a pack of gum. The third time, he parked down the street and brought his 12-gauge shotgun in and held the attendant at gunpoint and stole $100. Woo! Wow, big money. Yep. He forced that attendant to come back to his car. And they went to a remote area. He got him out of the car. They had um, an altered when the attendant tried to disarm him and then that resulted in Charles shooting him in the kneecaps and then shooting him in the head.
2: The first murder
0: The first murder of many
2: But the only one committed by him alone.
0: Yes, yeah. Charles claims that he transcended to a new plane of existence at this point after that that mm-hmm. one murder. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and he was yeah. above the law his brain the line. In, <laughs> in his brain he was like i'm above the law nothing is nothing's wrong with me like, and he confessed this murder to carol and supposedly she did not believe him and i was like oh that's she's interesting what, she's 13 though so <laughs> in january 21st of 1958 charles visited carol at her home but she was not there he had a conversation with his and i say conversation very lightly it was more like probably an argument with her mom and stepdad Mm -hmm. and they ended up telling him to like leave her alone stay away from her charles shot both of them and then stabbed her two-year-old sister
2: And there's theories about that one though, because there's basically conflicting ideas that based on Mm -hmm. the time that he came in, she would have already been home from school. And when he later, you know, is tried and confesses to all of these things, the way that he says the younger sister died did not actually match the way that she died. So there are theories that it was actually Carol that killed her own sister.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I did read that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. There's a lot of conflicting stories around almost every murder. This is uh, like the he
2: said, she said situation because Seriously. they both go to court and they both tell completely different stories from different perspectives and blame each other the whole time.
0: Exactly. Um, Which is unlike the movie at all. (laughs) Supposedly Carol came home and he confessed to her and they hid the bodies behind the house. They stayed in the house for about six days sending people away with a note on the door and the note said stay away everybody everybody is sick with the flu signed with her mom's name. But her grandmother called the police because obviously no one was answering her calls. She wasn't able to see them. And they fled before uh, police arrived on January 27th. They drove to a farmhouse and Charles shot a family friend, August Meyer, who was 70 years old with a shotgun. As they were uh, fleeing the scene, they drove their car into the mud and they got stuck. So they abandoned their car. And there was two people who gave them a ride, Robert Jensen and Carol Ward, and they stopped and gave him a ride and he directed them to an abandoned storm shelter. He (laughs) shot and killed them there. He admitted to shooting Robert and he said that Carol shot Carol. Carol (laughs) Carol shot Carol. Yes. Yes.
2: (laughs) But also that that he also attempted to rape her as well.
0: Oh. Yeah. Yikes.
2: And I think what's interesting in that is that it was attempted, and Carol Bugate mm-hmm. uh, also says that he was impotent, and that why it wasn't a that's why it was attempted.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> crazy. <laughs>
2: Add to the storyline, right? <laughs>
0: Um, So they stole their car, and they drove to a wealthy neighborhood in Lincoln, and they entered uh, C. Lauer and Clara Ward's house, and Clara and the maid were fatally stabbed, and Charles claimed that Carol stabbed both of these women multiple times, and then when C. Lauer arrived home, he said he shot him, um, and they packed uh, they packed their car, so C. Lauer's car, which was a really expensive car, they packed it with jewelry and fled the scene. At this point, Lancaster County was going mad. The police were searching. Even the National Guard was involved trying to find them. Because this case was high profile, they ended up needing a new car. So in comes their next victim. They found Merle Collision, and he was a traveling salesman sleeping in his car in, wo- in Wyoming. They woke him up and shot him in his car. The funny thing was, on their getaway. Is that his car had a push pedal e brake and somehow Charles stalled the car out while trying? But it, the dumbass, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> the thing was, is I don't, he's such a car guy. How does he, how did he not know? And that
1: was his James Dean
2: lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, it was like a fast car. Yeah, it wasn't a hot rod. Yeah. So he was, not what he's used to, <laughs> right? This was also another one that he said that, uh, Fugate killed him. So yeah. Starkweather says that Fugate killed all of the women, but also killed this one person because mm-hmm. when Starkweather tried to shoot him, his shotgun jammed. And that then Fugate mm-hmm. had a different shotgun and mm-hmm. killed him. Right. Which of course uh, she denies ever killing anybody.
0: Yeah, she she does not uh say she ever killed anyone. Um well while they were uh, stalled a motorcycle passed by and tried to help them and charles began to threaten him with a rifle and a big altercation began which got the police involved um, the police arrived and carol ran to them yelling it's charles he's going to kill me which was like like he took her and he like yeah. made her you know go along do with him things. and do all these things um, and he drove off in the car uh, and they tried to escape the police uh, one article said that they were going like a hundred miles per hour
2: just him in the car at this point
0: right he's she's still with the police right he tried to escape police the bullet hit the windshield and shattered it with a bunch of shards and he immediately stopped and surrendered because um, I'm i'm assuming he got scared or he couldn't see from the shards of glass
2: i think he thought that he was shot But it was that the glass had cut him deeply.
0: That makes sense. The trials began, and at first, Charles claimed that he did kidnap Carol and that she had nothing to do with the murders. And then he ended up changing his story uh, multiple times before he finally testified that she was a willing participant. And Carol, to this day, maintains that she was held hostage. And Judge Harry Spencer, bless his heart, did not believe her. He said that she had plenty of time to escape whatever was happening between him and uh, him and or her and Charles. Now, I don't know, she- but I don't know I, I I couldn't I wouldn't put it past her for being a victim though, because she is like
2: 13. 13
0: or 14 at this time.
2: And I think that this is a hard one because I partly agree with the judge in that she had a shotgun. Like she admitted to having a shotgun, so why not kill him and escape or mm-hmm. you know make her way out when when they are at the ward's house there's a period of time where she is there alone and she admits to that and she did not leave during that time mm-hmm. but if she is like 13 14 and she is like basically brainwashed by him that's a little bit different okay. but they hadn't been together for very long and there's no way she would have developed Stockholm Syndrome within that short period of time so as much as she is a victim in the situation, she is also a problem in the right. situation.
0: Right. I yeah, I could see that she possibly had some sort of. She was obviously some sort of victim, but she did have parts where she could have left.
2: But Stockholm syndrome is one extremely rare and Mm -hmm. two usually develops when people are truly stuck together and that's why it's usually referred to in like hostage situations so there's their spree killing is over eight days yeah that you know day one they're killing people so she wouldn't have developed it that quickly
0: yeah i just feel like some victims do end up staying for we've 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 gone over a lot of a lot of stories where victims stay even though they had the opportunity to leave multiple times oh absolutely
2: i mean the fear and leaving is
0: yeah sometimes the unknown yeah is too bad
2: to yeah but she was
0: also a willing participant i believe and so charles uh was at the the sentencing charles received the death penalty for murder of robert the one he stole his car from and that was the only murder that he was tried for and then Carol received a life sentence on November 21st 50, uh, in 1958, oh, right? It's my birthday. I know. <laughs> she was actually paroled in June of 1976. Um, Charles... behavior? What? Is it for good behavior? Maybe.
2: <laughs> it, was, it was a reduced sentence because the Supreme Court had ruled that life imprisonment for minors was unconstitutional at that time. Oh yeah. So she was sense. tried as a minor not as an adult.
0: Uh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Charles was executed by the electric chair and after Carol was paroled, which she spent 18 years in prison, she changed her name and became a janitor and she won't speak of the murders at all.
2: But she did request a pardon in 2020 and that was denied. Oh really? Yeah, she wanted to basically like have her records expunged or whatever but that was denied and I I'm I don't I don't feel mad about that
0: yeah yeah I'm okay with that (laughs) the cultural uh effects of this whole stuff in the media has inspired a lot of things like the movie we're going to talk about but on top of that um supposedly Stephen King was inspired by this uh case and he even had a scrapbook of all the murders. Like he's a real he's a real murder head, <laughs> which I makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then there are a lot of other movies that are inspired by this, other than uh, Natural Born Killers, which is called the uh, there this the Sadist from ni- uh, from '63, Badlands from '73, True Romance from '93, and Starkweather from '04 and bruce springsteen even wrote a song it's called nebraska and it's supposedly based on this as a first person narrative of the whole spree that's interesting yeah um and so just to reel it in there were 11 victims and uh that was over eight days and there is robert Colvert, who was 21 and that's the gas station attendant marlon uh Uh, Bartlett and Velda Bartlett, which was her parents, and then Betty Jean Bartlett. There was August Meyer, who was the uh, farm owner, and then Robert Jensen and Carol King. Uh, They were both 17 and 16. And then C. Lauer Ward and Clara Ward and the maid Lillian Fancy, and then Merle Collision, who was the last one. So that was, that's the 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 spree of this I mean they did do a lot of very loosely based. This the movie, (laughs) like I said, the movie is very loosely based. Even even Google said it's very loosely based. (laughs) Google's always right, right? Google's not always right, but (laughs) so Haley, yes? Tell us about our movie. (laughs) So did you watch the movie Adair? Oh yes. Did you love the movie or hate the movie?
2: You liked it? I did. Yeah. I thought it was a I thought it was a really good movie. I thought it was well done and has a fantastic cast.
0: The cast is great. The cast, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd that say is the true. Cast is yeah.
1: good. But yes. We will be talking about Natural Born Killers. It came out in 1994. It got a 7.3 on IMDb. I believe it did go up over time because I think the 25th anniversary was like last year or, the yeah. year or something like that. Because I think it had like a four point something and then it basically became like a cult yeah. classic which i can see that it, yeah it's definitely i thought it was really weird at first and i was just like oh my god this movie's so weird I know. but it, it's actually really good i i didn't mind it but i described it as a uh acid trip <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it a, is. it's basically a homicidal acid trip yeah as it was described in an article i was reading which i was like chef's kiss that's perfect chef's kiss perfect (laughs) um but it was directed by oliver stone crazy imagination this Mm man and then some of the cast in it woody harrelson who plays mickey knox Mm -hmm. juliette lewis who plays mallory knox and or mallory wilson robert downey jr my god this (laughs) man (laughs) Uh, where robert
0: downey jr stands here
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i thought he was he was cute
0: he was definitely cute when he was young. He is even cute now. <laughs> Personally, sorry. <laughs> oh, I agree.
1: I'm with you. There we go. <laughs> um, who plays Wayne Gale, who is a journalist. Uh Tom Sizemore, who plays Jack Scagnetti. I kept trying really hard not to say spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and then we have Tommy Lee Jones, who plays the warden Dwight McCluskey. So during casting. Uh, Stone mentioned that Woody Harrelson was one of his first choices because he quote looks like white trash
0: (laughs) and I was just like wow (laughs) I mean it's mean but I can see it
1: (laughs) and he said the same thing about Juliette Lewis and basically they don't they don't look high class so they fit the (laughs)
0: The part well. (laughs) The thing is is I think you can make anyone look white trash. With
1: the right makeup and outfit. Yeah. And with they're a good actor, they can be white trash. (laughs) Exactly. Fun fact. Fun fact with (laughs) Haley. This the story or screenplay was written by Quentin Tarantino. It was very heavily rewritten. (laughs) So much that Tarantino actually hate quote, it. "I fucking hate this film. Don't watch it if you like my stuff." <laughs> <laughs> he sold it for ten thousand dollars because he failed. He wanted to make it himself, but he failed making it mm-hmm. with only five hundred thousand dollars. So oh. he ended up selling the screenplay for or screenwrite, for ten thousand um, dollars. The budget for this film was thirty-four million dollars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Um and in the box office it made how much do you think it
0: made? Oh, I love this game. Uh, <laughs> I think it made nine hundred thousand. Adair, what do you think it made, Adair?
2: Uh, wait, it cost thirty-five million, or that's their budget. Okay, so I'm gonna yes. say like fifteen million. I think I'm gonna get credit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought she almost had it because I heard the f- it it made fifty point three. Fifty million dollars? Yeah, Fifty point three million dollars. <laughs> I, I, I think? thought because
2: I, thought I didn't because think it was popular funny. when it came out.
1: So a lot of people, for some reason, I guess they were really excited to see this movie. am <laughs> I don't know. They they must have did good promos or something. The the um, trailer
0: is really good. Yeah, I mean, you remember the, we saw oh, the yeah. trailer? We were like, we, what is this? We were trying <laughs> to
1: watch the movie on YouTube, and it says like rent for three ninety nine, whatever. Yeah. And it said preview only, but it also had like the runtime. So I was like, oh, it shows you the preview and then it gives you the option to rent it. So she presses it and it's just playing the trailer. And I'm like, is this the trailer? <laughs> and it doesn't allow her to purchase it. So we're like, oh, so we're just watching the trailer. It was pretty good. I was like, oh, this is a good movie.
0: <laughs> but
1: it did receive mixed reviews. Some people really loved it or they just said that it was overly violent and graphic, which yeah. I guess for the 90s like the early 90s mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean i think that that is all that you can say like i don't think there's a gray area of people who are like meh it was okay i think it's either you <laughs> loved it or you, don't. or you were like that's not my kind of like humor like it's right. really dark humor
1: yeah, didn't you say that it was like considered a dark humor yeah or it was, like, satire it, or something it, yeah it it
0: when i looked it up it was like satirical uh dark comedy or something
1: oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's about right yeah um, it did. It got eighth most controversial film in history by Entertainment Weekly. Eighth, eighth. I don't know what seven. I don't know what seven and above is, but <laughs> I'm curious uh, about this list. Right? <laughs> right? I was like, what's number one? What's <laughs> number one? No. I usually don't believe those lists because a lot of the times when they say oh, it's the scariest film of all time or it's the whatever, <laughs> it's so dumb yeah
0: i mean i don't know sometimes it's not sometimes there's there's, those few
1: anyway we will get into the i didn't do i'm not gonna go through the whole entire movie like i normally do because
0: we uh, normally go like scene by scene through the (laughs) entire movie but this is a (laughs) interesting movie that doesn't really have
2: i'm also looking up what the most controversial movie is because now i need to know
0: we need to know now it's
2: According to this list, it is The Birth of a Nation, which is about the KKK. Oh. Seems oh. controversial. The Birth
0: of like, a Nation?
1: Seems controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, anything about the KKK, I feel like it would be. Anyway, so the movie is about Mickey and Mallory, who um, they both come from very bad households. Very bad.
0: Uh, a lot of sexual abuse. I had a very hard time, very hard time watching the scene with her and her dad. The
1: Yeah. That was like yeah, the yeah. hardest scene for me to watch. Mm-hmm. And like the
0: rest of the movie was fine. That was the one scene I was like, I'm so uncomfy right now. This I, is not good for me. Like I, I can't it. I hate yeah. it so much. But that
1: That's part of what I was going to say later because it's very thematic. This movie is very yeah. thematic and a little on the nose of some things. Right. But, you know.
2: but yeah, and it's so Rodney basically... Dangerfield playing the dad, which is also right. a great cast. <laughs>
1: yeah and it just makes it worse because i'm like he's supposed
0: to be funny
1: i know <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed
0: to be
2: and
1: i think the mom is, is isn't wasn't she a comedian or something she did i'm not sure i recognized her from something i
0: was like why does she look familiar i'm the wrong person to ask um, i don't know anybody <laughs> i don't remember very bad relationships with the parents yes <laughs> very bad
1: relationships it's mainly focused on mallory though mickey basically comes in he's her savior
0: He's the meat man.
1: He's oh, he is the meat man. What he comes in with like what, like twenty five pounds? pounds of 50 meat? Fifty pounds of meat. Yeah, that was crazy. um But the- his arms looked crazy
0: in that. I'm sorry, that looked. No, never us, mind. Us
1: like drooling over his arms for like five minutes. Never been attracted to Woody Harrelson never in my life. Attracted to Woody Harrelson.
0: Put him in a toxic role. Give it to me. Oh my god. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Oh, she, there's a therapist. We can't I, talk about that. Stuff. Talk about
2: <laughs> I
1: know we were like, she was like, Catherine was like, She is a therapist. And I was like, Oh, oh
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna diagnose us. Oh no.
2: I, I am. That's actually what we're doing here today. So thank you for joining. When I when <laughs> intervention <laughs> when I
0: first when I first saw your podcast, because you followed me on Instagram. Oh, um I, I, I texted Haley and I was like, Okay, so this podcast is a True crime diagnostic podcast, and so I was thinking that you diagnose people who add true crime podcasts. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, I was like, I think she's going to like make a hate bo- uh, podcast about us because she like is gonna say all the, the crazy creepy girls.
1: Have it. No, yeah.
0: but then I, I watched, I listened to your stuff, and I was like, oh, she diagnoses like like killers and stuff. I was like, I get I'm
2: it. it. <laughs> now I'm just going to diagnose. <laughs> post about yeah. podcast today. i mean i think
0: you could make a segment of like i, <laughs> yeah.
2: I think it's a good plot here and i'm yes. going
0: to make my next season about that there we go here we go i've just uh credit katherine oh
2: <laughs> great God. i will <laughs> the first one i ever diagnosed
0: <laughs> she's Aww. gonna make the first episode us yes <laughs> nice. like these girls are dumb <laughs> sorry go oh go God. on anyway. woody harrelson Hot.
1: No. no. <laughs> yes, but no. Okay. Okay. So basically, Mickey comes in, saves Mallory. He ends up, um, he ends up killing her father mm-hmm. along with her. Like she helps. Um, and then they, they kill her mother. Mm-hmm. They leave. She does have a brother, like mm-hmm. a little brother, and they leave him alive. Yeah, I thought
0: he was gonna die too. Were
1: gonna kill him too.
2: Brother, son. Brother- oh yeah.
1: Oh, that's right! I,
2: I was that, blocking that whole thing out. Yeah, yeah sorry. I, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the storyline. It is about important to how fucked up her life is. Yes, it was a brother son.
0: Yeah, brother son. But she said, "You're free now. Whatever mm-hmm. your name is." I You're free. I don't need it. Did they even say his name? Probably not. No. I thought she said you're free now, Billy, but like I don't think it was <laughs> Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But uh but yeah. So they basically
1: they leave, they go on the road, and they basically start a killing spree. But it's almost like a Bonnie and Clyde type thing. Yeah. And um, their whole goal is to be, I famous. guess, no famous like known. But they claim over, I don't even know how long, but. Uh, they claim 52 victims according to reports yeah um from New Mexico Arizona and Nevada
0: which is way more than 11.
1: <laughs> yeah that when you said 11 I was like oh yeah
0: I know <laughs> low low baller
2: here
1: <laughs> but throughout the movie they're pursued by detective Skinetti and this man ever since he was eight years old he became obsessed with serial killers. Mm-hmm. And just hunting them down after witnessing his mother's death by Charles Whitman, which fun fact, fun fact, crazy, is an actual mass murderer. Yes, mm-hmm. August first, nineteen sixty six, Whitman woke up and chose chaos. As you do. Um he Not basically like this though. <laughs> no, he basically killed his mother and wife. So he was originally he was planning on committing suicide, and in his note, he basically said that he his wife and mother didn't seem to be enjoying life anymore and they didn't make that decision right (laughs) for other people right he he okay he was also dishonorably discharged from the military so there was issues with that and (laughs) mental ptsd you know all that stuff but that's another story that's a long story but uh yeah so he kills them basically says that he does it for them and also doesn't want them to be embarrassed by his actions Okay. So, he never mentioned the shooting idea in his letter, but he did go to the University of Texas in Austin and just randomly started shooting people, and he is also known as the Texas Tower Sniper. Um, it was 96 minutes long, and he killed 16 adults and an unborn child and wounded 31 before he was shot and killed by police.
0: So, he did basically commit suicide by police? Technically, yes. But yes, so he like, took down like a billion people before,
1: right? That I thought was interesting. I was like, oh, it's a real person. But um, yes. So in the movie, he's obsessed with serial killers, and he actually is a psychopath. In no the movie, shit. yeah, no shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I he... don't like his scenes either. God, no. He's also
2: a horrible human being. They all yes. are. It's like, there's no one redeeming in the movie.
0: Seriously. What about the the, the, the native guy? Oh yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs>
2: that's, but that's the people who also, die. He also ends up joining them. The native guy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you said the media guy.
1: Oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Fuck that I'm guy. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fuck <laughs> that guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> that's who I thought. Oh, I Robert down. Downey Jr. <laughs> My bad. Um, My bad. The, the cool. native okay. guy with his son. That was yeah. He with was a redeeming person. He was. Son or he
1: was. Maybe that was like the only. Good guy, yeah.
0: <laughs> the people, the good people died.
1: <laughs> not in the beginning. Those well, weren't not in the beginning, the...
0: but everyone oh, in anyway. between. There was anyway. fifty-two people. <laughs> At least some of those people had to be good.
1: That poor biker, the guy on the little, mo- the little yeah. Uh, bicycle. Yeah, he was just enjoying his daily ride. And she was like, "I always wanted to shoot. I always wanted them. to
0: shoot <laughs> one of them. Jesus. Yikes!
1: Gagnetti, Spaghetti. is it?" This- <laughs> <laughs> Stop! You're make me want to say spaghetti. Sorry, <laughs>
0: but he's basically a
1: psychopath, and he likes murdering prostitutes. And he has this weird fixation with Mallory. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Eventually, they are caught by police and Scagnetti. They are sent to prison. They're considered mentally insane, and they're going to be transferred to an asylum.
0: I thought it was weird that they were both in the same prison. Yeah there, no yeah, per- yeah, there was no other women in that. There was no other woman in that prison other than her. That's true. There were yeah, all well, men. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think so the goal it was, was always... it for be, for it to be like death row, but oh, that's yeah. still separated. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, to prevent I think things it was... from happening, like what's going to happen in <laughs> the like the what what
0: happens in the movie. <laughs> I think it was so that the thing that happened in the movie could happen.
2: Well, yes, that's true. definitely. <laughs> it was a plot. It was plot. It was good for the
0: plot.
1: But yes, so the whole plan is for them to be transferred to an asylum. And Warden McCluskey uh, is working with Skignetti because he's working closely with them because he's obsessed with them. Especially Mallory. Weird. Um, but McCluskey basically suggests to him that he should kill them during the transfer and right. claim that it looked like they were trying to escape. Right. Meanwhile, Wayne Gale, who's the journalist for American Maniacs, he convinces Mickey to do a live interview during the Super Bowl, and during the interview, Mickey mentions that he's a natural born killer. And this, like I said, is being live and it's being broadcasted through the entire prison. Why which would the prisoners I like be they... able to watch that?
0: Right. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe they were watching the Super Bowl.
2: I think I that's what they were doing. Yeah. They like. Cut they that. also I, like, cut during the. They also knew that was going on too
1: right that basically caused a riot in the prison um i don't know he, he mickey's just so inspirational to the the, <laughs> the prisoners i guess but yeah it basically causes a riot and mickey and mallory end up escaping when he
0: when he shot all those people in that room mm-hmm. there were so many people with guns in that room and mm-hmm. he, they didn't react at all that joke he was telling i was like i was like
1: this has got to be a distraction well yeah <laughs> um, obviously i was just like what is the point of this story? like joke to pew pew, uh, to, to pew, pew? To pew, pew. Yeah. yeah yeah it was yeah <laughs> but mickey mallory escape with the journalist because the journalist is like you know <laughs> you can't see I her know. but she's just like
0: jacking <laughs> off the air
1: <laughs> I, okay well i was gonna say like he, he's now full he's of himself like, Yes, he is full of himself, and he's all like kissing Mickey's ass, you know.
0: Yeah, he loves Mickey.
1: Yeah,
2: he's in. He's one of the people inspired by him.
1: Right. Right. Mhm. But yes, yeah, so the journalist basically joins them. I was like, the journalist is actually insane. <laughs>
2: right. Everyone. The journalist is Robert Downey Jr.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Who yeah, has full Jr. PTSD flashback? Goes into war mode
0: yes exactly
1: (laughs) oh my god he doesn't he put his tie around his head
2: yes because he was in (laughs) Vietnam. yeah and then he thinks he's back in vietnam kind
1: of oh that makes sense that makes sense why he goes insane but yeah he tags along they do escape and everything and it's all it's all happy-go-lucky it's just the three of them (laughs) and they still have the camera they're still they claim it's not live but it still kind of is at least in the earpiece it is mickey basically tells the journalist that we're gonna kill you and we realize that you're not actually with us you're just a self-entitled asshole and only cares about himself right and he basically pleads with them and says wait wait, wait. you guys always leave one person to tell your tale and he's like you know what you're right but that's what your camera's for boom mic drop but yeah so they they do end up killing him it basically ends like the the credits start rolling and you see the the noxes and an rv with a a boy and a girl assuming it's their kids Mm -hmm. and mallory is pregnant and that's just that's that's kind of how the movie ends yeah but just some themes that i was talking about earlier yeah what you said before. The main theme in this movie is the relationship between real life violence and mass media coverage.
0: Hey.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that. being
2: right.
0: <laughs> and oh, throughout but... the
2: film too, they're showing like like street interviews of people and everybody is supporting them. I think that's important to this too. That everybody is like, yeah. Oh, we For love them. them. They're the best. And like being mm-hmm. like they're like encouraging them and they are like making them out to be Celebrities. Yeah, like right.
0: rock stars. They're like, Yeah. We which, love them and then and then the guys are like, but uh we don't condone murder, obviously. Right,
2: right. <laughs> and it
1: just reminds me of because like even today, or like you know, other serial killers, you have all these like followers or women yeah. who are like, Oh
2: my god, I'm in love with Hit Bundy. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
2: How many of those dudes get married in prison blows my mind. Yeah, sure. I know,
1: right? That's insane. It's crazy. So, in one of the movie poster promos, it says bold new film that takes a look at a country seduced by fame, obsessed by crime, and consumed by the media.
0: America. (laughs)
2: America.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And then it's very emphasized because um, for the journalist, there's a lot of jump cuts where it flashes of him as like a bloody Satan. Yeah. You know? It infers that, you know, mass media and crime, they mutually reinforce each other. Right. So that was the that was the big,
0: big theme
1: for the movie, extremely. And then just a little one was uh media's represent another media one, but (laughs) media's representation of the nuclear family. God, I can't say words. (laughs) You know, the perfect family, Brady Bunch. Right. And uh when they introduced Mallory's family and it's like the sitcom I love Lucy. Oh yeah. The scene where we hate that yeah. we hate because it's the laugh tracks over yeah. all the uncomfy stuff. Right. That was the, the theme part mainly. And then uh, I just have a few controversies or a couple Ooh. controversies. Quentin Tarantino, actually he wanted to write a book of his screenplay, which he has done with a few of his films. Mm-hmm. Um, and the producers from natural born killers they filed a lawsuit against him because they were like hey you sold us when you sold us your screenplay or screen you completely gave us all the rights like you don't own any of it anymore so okay i guess eventually they were like that he he ended up did he ended up writing it anyway right and then that's when he said like i fucking hate this film <laughs> don't watch <laughs> it if you like my stuff
0: do you think it could have been that he hated it because they were like hey tarantino
1: maybe
0: back the fuck off
1: (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it does have some like tarantino-esque things in it yeah but it was also banned in a few countries what was it it was like banned in scotland and they were supposed to premiere it in ireland or something and Mm -hmm. they paused the premiere because there was a massacre like right before they were supposed to premiere it so they were like we're not gonna do it huh
0: at the theater or like Mm -hmm. no
1: like just in the area in the area yeah
0: Dang, and uh, it did get a,
1: it it originally did get an NC-17 rating, and they told Stone that he needs to, you know.
0: Reel it back in. Yeah,
1: (laughs) to get an R rating. Wow. And he cut, like, four and a half minutes from
0: the movie, so. Uh, I don't want to know it was in that four and a half minutes. Well,
1: that's the thing. I I feel like we did watch the, at least the director's cut or something, because some of the scenes that they said they cut, I was like, I swear I remember that.
2: Wow. I also watched the director's cut and that was a very long movie. Yeah, it yeah, was like
0: an hour and 58 minutes. So maybe we did see all the parts. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's it is a long, long movie.
1: movie. We weren't even like halfway done and you were like, it's almost over. And it's <laughs> not even halfway through.
0: <laughs> well, because they had killed way more than 11 people, so I was like, it's gotta be almost over. Loosely
1: based. Oh, okay, Catherine, Bye. <laughs> Um, And then my last little controversy, which I feel like it always happens with every like murder movie, like when we did Scream, Mm -hmm. but it apparently has inspired numerous murders, uh, including the Heath High School shooting and Columbine. Really? Mm -hmm. And And
2: Rosbin Thompson and her boyfriend, Jeremy Stanky.
1: Jeremy Stanky. What a name.
2: oh yeah. And that's actually his name, but they're in Canada and they uh, murdered her family and they said that this movie inspired them.
0: That's crazy. But
1: uh, my last little like little tidbit, apparently Columbine coded their code named their attack in BK.
0: Yeah. Killers. Dang. killers. We know the <laughs> Columbine kids. We know all about them. Oh yeah, from episode five. Yeah,
2: that was. We also did an episode on them for this season. I think yeah. it was one for this season, but they're interesting.
0: They are. They are interesting, especially if you need to diagnose them because they do oh. need to be diagnosed. Oh my god! Yeah, I did. For you, for sure. Just, I, did.
1: I, did. I went in hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say again, very loosely based, loosely
0: loosely based what's your what's your rating on the movie one to ten what's your favorite what's your Mm, rating
1: i would say like a seven seven out of ten
0: i give it a 6.5 for the i love lucy scene oh true
2: (laughs) (laughs) what is your rating adair i really like it i feel like it's an eight
1: okay i almost said eight but i was like you know (laughs) i'll give it a little bit less for the yeah (laughs) but it, it is part of this the theme, I guess, part of the you know what, he could be cinematic experience,
0: <laughs> he could be awful to her, and I could have still gotten the picture without all of the things. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. Well, yeah, so Do you have anything else about the movie? Nope, that, that was it.
2: Wow. That was about it. Yeah.
0: All right, so Adair, where can they find you?
2: You can find the podcast on any streaming service, and then you can find me on instagram what's wrong with them pod uh twitter at www.tpod, TikTok tick tock uh also at wwt pod uh, and and of course patreon um but yeah my tiktoks are just i i i'm addicted to tiktok so it's happening yeah. it's we happening to make more TikToks? we do
0: need to make more tiktoks i watch your tiktoks and i'm like oh that was a good one i should have tried that <laughs> i just. <laughs>
2: yeah, do And it's funny because like, of course, everyone ends up on different sides of TikTok. So I'm like, oh, am I just on the like gay side and no one understands these (laughs) sounds or (laughs) Uh, and I'm on like grad school TikTok. So there's like stuff there that I'm like, no one else is going to see this.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, I'm on, uh, I'm on mentally
2: ill TikTok. Yeah
0: trauma TikTok. I'm
2: on, like, thirst trap TikTok oh yeah I'm
0: on like all of the Halloween people thirst traps yeah, yeah, like yeah. Michael we're
2: yeah. on the same side it's fine
0: we're on the same side okay.
2: I watched I, I better know watched... that a therapist is on the side of that <laughs> <laughs> I know for a reason <laughs> there we go it
0: validates us I know but so my mom she downloaded TikTok recently and she started scrolling through and I was like listening and it was like uh, you know the Applebee's on the day and like all the dances and like all the fun stuff and I'm like I don't see almost any
2: yeah, of those videos no. like my mom and I had literally the same conversation where she was like I see your stuff because I follow you and then it's just like angry white ladies and dances and I was like oh we are not on the same side <laughs> no. right I Absolutely was like you
0: must have liked something different than what I liked <laughs> um
2: Well, I
0: thank you so much, Adair, for joining us today. Thank you. Um, You brought a lot of nice little nuggets of wisdom for us.
2: I
1: need to go to therapy. (laughs) Seriously, Seriously. I've told you that already. So Catherine has a therapist and she was like, Haley, (laughs) therapy would be good for you. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe.
2: (laughs) Good for everyone. I personally believe that if everyone did yoga and therapy, there would be no problems in the world. But therapy is great, even if it's just a place for you to vent, like anything that you are concerned about, like just a space where you can just be like, "All this bullshit happened," and that person just be like, "Damn, that is some bullshit." Like that's helpful. Damn, I know (laughs) my therapist.
0: (laughs) She loves to be like, "Damn, that really must suck." Like, I mean, not in
2: so many words,
0: but she does say those kinds of things. But then she also drops like real nuggets of like, so are you talking to this person because and I'm like, oh, yeah. you right. <laughs> like, oh, that's right. our whole job. <laughs> yeah. She like is able to delicately tell me to like stop talking to someone or stop like. talking to toxic men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, you know, all those yeah. things. Yeah, my whole my thing so, right now,
1: but I am now in a healthy relationship.
0: To a previous toxic relationship. Yeah, quote unquote <laughs> toxic
1: crushes, flings, whatever you want to call them and now i'm in like a healthy relationship and i literally had a mental breakdown yesterday because of my toxic menta- my toxic mentality is like to push him away yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like he's so calm and he was talking to me and he was like it's okay babe like it's okay to feel these things your feelings are valid and <laughs> Was, and i just started crying and i'm like why are you so nice to me
0: <laughs> like, being in a healthy relationship just hits different <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i'm like i'm learning i'm learning like and it's funny because <laughs> his name's bailey so we get the whole thing <gasps> it's Haley
0: bailey and i'm like i swear to god if you don't sh- <laughs> if y'all shut the fuck up <laughs> i'm gonna deck you no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah but that's good i think that if we Start. See, I feel like therapy's already helping. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to start paying her for therapy if yeah, you want her know. to be therapist. <laughs> All right, spooky babes, while you lay your little head down on your pillow after maybe watching this movie and maybe going to a therapy session, doing a little bit of yoga. <laughs> oh my god,
1: a yoga therapy yes. session?
0: A yoga therapy session. Yeah. Oh,
2: I highly recommend da-
1: yeah. Downward facing dog venting <laughs> about your problems. <laughs>
2: maybe do Um, the first and the talking after but yeah
0: yeah
2: (laughs) that would be fun
0: uh we will see you in your nightmares (laughs) all right goodbye goodbye